0: Welcome to the Thriving Family Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's Teresa and Barbara. We're so happy you're here. We know how many great
1: podcasts are out there, and we're grateful that you're taking the time to hang out with us in a supportive space to fill your cup and elevate your life. This podcast is about parenting, but a lot about taking care of you as the parent. We are the captain of our family ship, so the better we feel, the more smooth sailing there is for everyone. We really want to discuss the tough and awkward subjects that we all come across in parenting, especially
0: with school-aged and older kids. We're here with you through all the peaks and valleys to hold space for you through all the fields and to help make sure you always put on your own oxygen mask first.
1: Our hope is that you know you're never alone in parenting and that we're here to support you at every stage. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, and we provide new content every week. If you have a question for us, please reach out on Instagram at thriving family podcast. We're here for you. So let us know what topics would be helpful and that you're interested in. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with family and friends. If you leave a review, you'll have the opportunity to win a gift that we absolutely love. We'll tell you more about it at the end of the episode. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Pam. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's always so awesome to have you on and all your helpful tips. And today we really want to discuss anxiety because it's such a concern for so many people of all different ages. And because it's so prevalent, this is a topic we want to have more information about, more helpful tips, which you always have, and kind of more data. And I know myself, I started having anxiety when I was 20, when my dad passed away, and it was so crazy and scary for me to have something that I just couldn't get over. And I didn't have the tools to deal with it. And so it was really scary, very isolating. And I think a lot of people are feeling like this, especially with the pandemic, bringing up more anxiety in all ages and everything else that's going on in the world. So I think this is such a huge topic and just really helpful to talk about, address. And so people don't feel alone in this, how anxiety is is impacting us and what can be helpful with it.
2: Well, thank you again for having me and for sharing your story too, because I think that's part of the power of the podcast that you are creating is sharing your own experiences as a parent and a mom and how you maybe got through it, uh, how you maybe didn't, you know, all the things that can be, that's the real power, I think, in sharing information. So thank you for sharing your story and you're right. It's so prevalent and Absolutely, the pandemic has made things so much worse for all age groups. The stats on anxiety for adults is about 12% pre COVID, which absolutely is different now. Children and our adolescents, that's almost 20%, pretty much double that of adults. And I would argue it's probably a little higher, but maybe the not as extreme cases aren't being as reported. Like a right. lot don't really know that they have anxiety, which is interesting too. They just think that's like a normal way to feel. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about it because there are tools, there are ways to help each other. And there are ways of figuring out how to help our kids, which is even more important.
1: Yeah. And it's a huge thing for why Teresa and I wanted to start this podcast is like so many of us are in survival mode and we want to be thriving. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's a big component of it is is that self-care and when there are things going on, having the tools for us as parents, for our kids of how to get through these hard things, which anxiety is huge.
2: So, so huge. So I'm a naturopathic physician and obviously try to do most of my treatments through natural diet, those types of remedies. But to be honest, in the last two and a half years since the pandemic, I've never prescribed so many antidepressants as I have in the last two years. And I think it's because we have this situational anxiety, depression, you know, our lives really did change and there's a lot of unknowns globally. There's a lot going on in the world and Mm -hmm. we're so sensitive to that and our kids are even more sensitive to that. So it, it was just a really interesting thing in terms of my own practice and what I saw and the need for situational, more extreme help. Um, and then hopefully getting people the tools so that we can get them off of that and, and getting them back to thriving.
0: Interesting that you
2: say that. Is it something you have to stay on for a long time? How does that work? Well, so it really depends because, in my experience, if you have more of the situational where, like you mentioned, your father passing, for example, that's very situational, that's very raw. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really hard to dig yourself out of that. And a situation like that, isn't a chemical imbalance necessarily that is like we need some help right now and let's get through this when it is more of that chemical imbalance um maybe long it could be a longer term solution but i i find in my practice specifically we are typically trying to get people off of it as quickly as we can the longer you are on a medication like that the harder it can be to come off and the problem I do find with like the antidepressants specifically, and they can be used for anxiety. So that's kind of why I'm bringing it up, but is that you don't feel the, like the lows or, but you don't also feel the highs. So it's kind of like that flat feeling that also isn't thriving in my opinion. Right. And so when you're meeting
1: with a patient or talking to someone, what are kind of the big signs that show you that they are dealing with anxiety?
2: One of the biggest questions I ask, I ask if to identify with having any mental health issues in terms of low moods or I, I kind of phrase it that way instead of like stigmatized. Some people feel stigmatized, although so that conversation is getting broader and more understandable, and, um, which is great. We, we need more conversations around it. When you're working
1: with your patients, what are precursors that you look for to know that someone's really having struggling with anxiety, and which would help us as parents? to identify in our own kids also within ourselves because like you said earlier a lot of people are you know the adults the stats are probably off because a lot of us as adults are just used to living that way and if we kind of had some awareness of what might be happening um then you know we could focus on it
2: yeah exactly so i always ask about mental health and check in around that in every initial visit that i have And one of the things I ask about is if they identify with having low mood or feeling anxious or overwhelmed easily and how much that impacts their life. So does it prevent you from doing things you love? That's kind of how I phrase it because anxiety actually does serve a purpose for survival. Like we're supposed to feel anxious when we feel threatened or if we're, you know, excited like a wedding, for example, we, that's an exciting thing, but we are going right. to feel nervous or anxious or the, that fear of unknown. But if it takes over and it prevents you from doing those things that you love, that's when we want to maybe intervene. Got it. That's really helpful. And so so some of the things that I find that I work on first before jumping to the maybe the conventional sort of more pharmaceutical route would be looking for uh, nutritional deficiencies. So iron deficiency in adults and children can actually lead to anxiety. So that's one of the first things that I'm wanting to assess. And it's one of the easier things to rule out. Maybe not a kid. Blood draws in kids aren't fun. That's definitely one of the first things I want to rule out magnesium is one of my favorite nutrients to work with because it's so important for the stress response every like there's about 300 biochemical reactions that our body goes through every minute and magnesium is part of that so it's such oh. a important nutrient and sadly we're not getting as much as we need with our diets our soils are being nutriently depleted we're not getting as much magnesium from our foods we're not eating as much leafy green vegetables as we should right. So being low in magnesium is a huge contributor for for anxiety. So first of all, ruling out nutritional deficiencies is top of my list. About iron, I mean, besides getting a blood test, is there
1: anything that an adult or child could like know that they're low in iron or is it
2: just a blood test you have to know? In terms of supplementing with iron, I prefer to have a blood test because you don't want to be taking oral iron in high doses if you don't need to. Okay. It can be dangerous. So that is one thing that you have to be aware of. But things like hair loss, fatigue, obviously, palp- like heart palpitations or shortness of breath. At restless legs, actually, those are all signs that maybe it is low, you're really low. You're going to look really pale. Your lips will be pale. The uh, under your eyes will be dark. So those are more like physical signs as well. But I wouldn't just say based on those assessments, because we have the tool of getting testing to really understand. Because also if you're kind of like in that mid range of low, well I don't think you need a super high dose, but maybe we can do it with a lower dose. Or it's really funny. I commonly put like teenage boys on prenatal vitamins. <laughs> If, it's high tie uh, in iron. That's smart. I'm sure they get a giggle out of that one.
1: <laughs> and then magnesium. I've been hearing a lot about that lately, kind of from all over how good it is and how beneficial, but what do you recommend, especially for kids that can't, you know, if they can't take like a capsule or something like that?
2: Absolutely. And that's a really, really good question because not all magnesiums are created equally. And the one that I prefer for anxiety and sleep is magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate. I'll back up a little bit. To absorb a mineral of any kind, you need to either dissolve it in something or attach it to something so that our body will actually utilize it. So with the magnesium glycinate, glycine is an amino acid that we absorb very well. It actually can go into the blood-brain barrier as well. And that's what has the actual calming effect on our nervous system. So why it helps with sleep is that you're supporting the the body, calming that. If you took it during the day, you're not going to fall asleep. It can help with the anxiety and like that higher level of like adrenaline and things like that during the day. But it's sort of like supporting that stress response, I guess, even within the brain. Different forms like citrate can be helpful. We absorb a little bit of that and a little bit stays in the bowels. So if you do take too much of a dose, you're going to be... Running to the washroom a little bit with urgency. Yeah, got it. Um, and so you can get a higher dose most of the time, unless you're sensitive to magnesium with the glycine. Plus, okay. the glycine itself has benefits for the for anxiety and stress and sleeplessness. So I most likely I could get that in
1: a capsule for an adult. But how does it? Is there like a powder form that you mix with water for kids? There are,
2: and it's tricky to go with dosing because obviously everyone's different sizes and, and right. that kind of thing and the way that products are labeled are a little bit different as well. So there are definitely powders available for kids. However, usually what I'll suggest first is just even opening up a capsule and like half into a liquid or a yogurt. Have you heard of that? I'm sure you have that calm drink I've seen at Whole Foods and everything like that. Is that the correct magnesium? That's actually typically citrate. So I just find that really interesting. And I get mixed reviews on that. Like I, I, not to put it down. I think it's a great product. I think it tastes good. I think it's easy to get to kids. Uh, I love that it's a bioavailable form of it, but it is that citrate form. So I do, I do technically, I do typically get mixed reviews. Finding a hundred percent magnesium glycinate is, is a bit more tricky. Um, I'm not sure why. So personally in my practice, I get it made for my patients. They, from a compounding pharmacy. So it's just a hundred percent straight. Cause I, but there are definitely a few brands that I can recommend. um, Yes. That would be huge. Okay.
1: So no, this is so helpful because I love that. Not all magnesium is created equal. It's, it's so not. great. The vitamin, the whole vitamin topic is like just overwhelming. There's so many. So it's just, again, another awesome reason
2: to have you PhD to pick up supplements these days. So I, I actually often really navigate that with patients and half the time I'm actually taking them off of supplements. Sorry, I was <laughs> asking so much about those. I was interrupting your tips of iron, magnesium. So the first one, looking and correcting at nutritional deficiencies, the biggest two would be the iron and and the magnesium. And that goes for adults and children, in my experience. The next one would be balancing blood sugars. And this is both for adults and kids as well. So every single patient that I see pretty much gets this uh, tip, but starting your day out with the correct amount of protein is so important. If you don't have the right amount, your blood sugar spikes, then it comes down. Now you're on this roller coaster all day. Every time it dips, that's when your body's going to immobilize adrenaline to get your glycogen stores to make your glucose levels. And it's a little bit sciencey, but that's basically what's happening and that your body's getting that adrenaline and that adrenaline boost can feel like anxiety in there Things happen at night causing nighttime waking it's really kind of tricky like most breakfast foods aren't high in protein but there are definitely ways so a big one that people might do is for example if they have oatmeal well oatmeal itself doesn't have a lot of protein but three tablespoons of hemp hearts is about 11 grams that's a fairly easy one i even for my son i'll put hemp hearts in his like almond butter or peanut butter and i'll mix that in on his toast because that just bumps up the protein a little bit and well, i've been doing
1: smoothies Yes. and so i'll do the the protein powder in that That's and
2: way, to be honest
1: yeah. my kids love hate him yes, and yes. I, sometimes i'll get them involved in like helping make them so they won't hate them as much but they know <laughs> and it and it just kind of became our family routine because you i put so much in a smoothie you've got oh my gosh protein. i literally put yeah. everything besides unicorn dust in there and I
2: feel like I've started the day and I'm like I'm a good mom I'm a good mom I put protein your kids aren't going to be as adventurous as yours is make that smoothie into a popsicle oh that's my, a my literally had a prop popsicle this morning for breakfast because I lost that battle but I'm like okay yeah. with it because it's protein it has greens in it he helped me make it and yeah. it's basically a frozen smoothie yeah I, yeah. I lost the battle, but I kind of won at the same time. <laughs>
1: right, right. It's like the, the hidden battle. And um, I'll also do, if they want, say on weekends, if they're like, I want a donut, which is typical, I'll, I'll go, great. You have to scrambled eggs first, and then you can have a donut. Or you can have your
2: like crazy
1: cinnamon sugar toast or whatever sweetness.
2: Well, another thing too, if you guys make waffles or pancakes, I put a scoop of protein powder in my waffle mix that's a great idea. Like Costco sells a brand that has, I think it's whey based already yeah. mixed in. Yes. Um, and so those are little wins as well, because you're, you're getting at least a higher amount of protein in that high carbohydrate food. A lot of people don't want to eat in the morning and that's okay. I don't really care what time you have your breakfast. I care yeah. what it is and what you're breaking your fast with.
1: Okay. But you're right. Because when I know I've had a donut and coffee with yeah. no protein, I am like, I'm not a happy person.
2: About 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's like I'm angry. I'm freaking out. So yeah, it's hard to get off that roller coaster once you're on it too. Like to catch up on that. Is the best way to correct
1: that roller coaster is just protein.
2: Too much protein can convert to sugars, but I feel like most people are away from that, especially busy parents. But with a healthy fat too, that's what helps stabilize and slow that boost of sugar into the system. Another good one would be like Greek yogurt um, for people who can tolerate dairy, because usually that has like nine or 10 grams of protein per serving. The Mm -hmm. one tricky thing with yogurt is the sugar content. And I can give you a quick sugar calculation if you want for reading labels. Basically, if you're reading the label, you look at the sugar, it'll say so many grams. So in yogurt, that can be like 24 grams of sugar. Mm -hmm. If You divide that by four, that equals the number of teaspoons of white sugar you're consuming. So- Mm -hmm. God, that is like, so
1: you just oh, made me like really sad.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry to wreck breakfast for you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's so true because like you think, oh, yogurt's healthy. But when you're at the grocery store, I, 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 you have to get plain because if you have any vanilla or
2: anything, you're like, oh my gosh, that is heaps and heaps of sugar. So another way to kind of combat that is buy your plain and your vanilla and mix it. It's still going to be higher in sugar, but at least you're getting the taste, at least it's cutting it a bit and then add your protein, add your three tablespoons of hemp hearts. There's 20 grams in it, a little bowl of yogurt with uh, the hemp seeds. Okay. You're turning me on to hemp hearts. <laughs> they're, they're a staple in our house for sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But then And uh, One of my last tips, especially if anxiety is quite debilitating because anxiety is sort of that fear of the future and the unknown right and we make up all the stories of all the things that can go wrong and like it can be a bit of a spiral this works really well in kids who are really anxious or starting something new Mm -hmm. literally to the detail plan everything out so what are you going to do when you first wake up okay you're going to have a glass of water you're going to brush your teeth physically writing that out what are you going to wear okay let's plan that out right now and then like creating a plan for what the day is going to look like that way, what you're doing is you're telling the brain, actually, this is the narrative. This is the story. This is what is going to happen. And then if the what ifs come up, like, well, what if I put my shirt inside out or like people laugh at me? You know, right. Okay, well, wait, let's make that a note. Make sure shirt isn't inside. You know what I mean? So like right. really creating a, the narrative of what you want to happen before it happens can be a great one for those situational fear of the future, new school, new experience that a lot of kids especially have anxiety about and do you suggest doing this the night before so you can start that the night before or whenever the anxiety comes up for that kid because sometimes it could be the week before right so you have that list you physically write it out and then you can add to it you can come back to it and then as the anxiety maybe evolves or you get closer to the date some for some kids it doesn't come up till the night before and then that's when you can start it but I would suggest whenever the anxiety comes up that would be the time to start that list and, and pre-planning the narrative.
1: Awesome. No, that's really helpful because I have three kids and one, I'm I'm like, that would really help. <laughs> so they know what to expect. And I know there are those certain types and um, I wanna support her for sure in that. So thank you, that's really helpful.
2: It takes a little bit of work in that front and, and patience, but it can really pay off.
1: Yeah. I know you were talking earlier about a big thing with anxiety in adults and children is kind of naming where you're at, helping the kids really acknowledge where they're at and feeling safe and that they are okay to feel those feelings. And
2: can you expand a little bit more on that? Absolutely. And I mean, ideally, we would start this in the toddler phase because that's when we're through the difficult emotions and learning. And in those early years, obviously, the language is a little different, um, and I think as parents, we just want to make our kids feel better. So we jump in to try and fix it. Like I know my husband and I were fixers, but yeah. so that's been a big learning thing for us is letting our son have his emotions and knowing that we're there for him and identifying, like, are you feeling sad? Or are you feel like, giving them names, uh, frustrated? How are you feeling? And letting him ride that wave, which is really hard because <laughs> we can see the bigger picture as a parent. But what they're learning is that, oh, I feel this way. And now I don't. And I went through it and I got through it and I'm okay now on the other end. And I can identify how I feel because we just, a lot of time, okay, let's jump to food. Okay. Here's a snack here. Do you want a treat? Do you want this? And we jump to food, which causes potentially issues in adult life, but also it's, it's teaching the kid to shut that feeling down and not feel it as adults. We just, we're really bad at feeling things. And I think it really well-intentioned parents. Yeah. Not understanding that that's part of the emotional learning as a toddler.
1: Well, I think I think it's so wonderful how aware we are of supporting our kids like that. And it is, you said it, it is such a challenge. I mean, I went through it this morning and <laughs> I was just like, um, I'm like, you look frustrated. And then I'm just like, mommy's frustrated too. But <laughs> I think we were raised, at least I know my parents are a little bit older, but their generation, it was, you didn't name emotions. There wasn't. And so I remember, I mean, especially with when my anxiety came up, I had never had like anger. I never had something that I couldn't just get over. So I had a lot of anger and like sadness that I couldn't get over. So I just didn't, I didn't have the emotional tools. And that's where I just spiraled and was like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? So I, I think it's, I'm so grateful to have this light shed on that we are, you know, us as adults and for our children to name those emotions and hold that space for them as best as we can and for ourselves, where it's it's okay to feel the feels, because there is, especially nowadays, so much and so many feels. And I love too
2: that you, I don't know if you actually did this, but saying like, I feel frustrated too, because that is modeling, right? That's modeling that you can yeah. make. You aren't like, Quote, unquote, perfect
1: either and that you
2: that it's okay to have those feelings
1: yeah and I know I always quote Renee Brown but she always says it's our who we are and what we do and show our kids is a major precursor to how they're going to be versus what we say and it's so true because I can say all day long you know Take care of yourself. Da, da, da. But they if they see me running around and I have anxiety and I'm frustrated and I'm this, then they're gonna be like that. They're not gonna but if I say mommy needs to do this, take this time out because I'm feeling anxious or I'm frustrated, I need to take some time, or however my reset is, then that shows them and I, I know personally I need to be way better about that on both fronts, doing it mm-hmm. and then telling them and showing it. So um no, this is how
2: that awareness though is like amazing. Right. So we're never going to be perfect at parenting. It's just not possible. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the awareness and like coming back to that maybe and having the conversation of like, yeah, maybe mommy didn't handle that so well. I'm sorry. Like, um, that's powerful too.
1: Yeah. And for us as adults to, you know, with our, with our partner or with anyone else, we you know when we can just be like, I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little off. And I think I'm very fortunate with you guys and with my other good friends that I have this closeness with them where I can, you know, it's, it's always that joke of like, when you see someone, you're like, how are you doing? And, and you don't even think about it. You're just like, good, because that is the like Pavlov response or whatever. And I just, I appreciate when my friends are open and vulnerable and real with me and they actually are like, you know what, I'm having a hard time. It was a rough morning. Da-da-da-da. And they just like, and and then they of course apologize or I apologize after we dump like, you know, kind of just this. And I'm like, no, we need to, we need to get it out. We need to have, feel safe being like that, you know, and, and I have to remember that too is when our kids kind of, you know, verbally vomit on us, it's because they feel safe. And I'm like, okay, I'm nailing my job as a mom, because you feel safe enough to be like a monster to me right now. Okay,
2: okay. That is the key thing for parenting, I think, is like, when, why are you acting like this? It's like, well, okay, you feel that you can trust me to have this emotion. That got me through a lot of tantrums.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yes. Mantra,
2: of like, it's because you love me.
0: (laughs) Well, and I feel like when the kids sometimes are acting up, Oftentimes, it is a direct reaction to the way I am acting and oh, how so. I'm reacting and what my feelings are. And my kids will now tell me, you know, you seem really crabby. You seem off in terms of your emotions because they kind of understand, you know, where, where's mommy vibrating, and vibrating at any given moment. And then they recognize almost immediately, even before me sometimes, when I'm off. And they're very reactive
1: to that. I know. And we've said it before, like we are the captain of our ships as parents. And so we're kind of steering where that ship goes and the smoother we can make our lives by the self-care and taking, you know, taking those moments, whatever we need and putting our own oxygen masks on, the smoother it will be for them. And it is, is so hard because how we were raised versus how we are raising kids, there's a big gap. And, and, and it's like, filling those like we're learning the skills as we're trying to model them. So again, I think all of us should give ourselves grace. <laughs> um, um it's a hard it's it's hard. I I mean, I struggle daily with it and I know so many people do and which leads to the stress and anxiety. I all like again, a big reason we wanted to start this is I'm like I beat myself up every night going to bed about something I've done that like with the kids and I'm like, Oh, I know I shouldn't have said that. I know I shouldn't have done that. And, um, so it just, it just adds to it. And I just hope that anyone listening just feels you're not alone. (laughs) We are, we are here. We are learning. We are failing. We are like, but you're not alone. And, and, and I hope that takes off some of the anxiety because honestly, any parenting group or with you, Dr. Pam, when you say like, there are many people struggling with this, it it helps. It helps to feel like, I think, you know, we all need to be seen and heard and, and to feel that you're not the only one in this Um, and the things that we can do to help alleviate and acknowledge. And um, it's just so huge. So huge.
2: And we're very fortunate. We are raising a generation that is going to have parents potentially have way more tools than our parents and generations before us. We just have that, that much more awareness. And I, I just see that as a positive. However, the, the negative side of that information is that it can be a bit of an overload for a lot of people. That in itself can cause anxiety. The conflicting information can cause anxiety. Um, but one of the key things, think like you said, is having that support system mm-hmm. and talking about it because we know that childhood trauma, like a, an event can happen And when it becomes an actual trauma is when we don't actually have the support of being able to talk about it or feel like we have anyone we can talk to, especially as a child. So that's when Trauma actually takes hold is not feeling like we have someone we can talk to about it. And I think that's a really, really key piece.
1: That's so important to shed light on.
2: That's a topic on itself, I think.
1: I, I mean, there <laughs> is. It is. It's, it is such a big topic because it's something like that all, I mean, it, anxiety can start at a young age. It's just different personalities, different, like you said, different life things that happen, a pandemic. I mean, sure, <laughs> just throw that in the mix. Put that in your smoothie. <laughs> Such a wonderful conversation with Dr. Pam today about anxiety and how important it is to shed light on it and what to look for and some helpful things for us as parents and for our children. One thing she brought up, which was really shocking to me, is that kids are showing more anxiety than adults. That could be because a lot of adults just don't even know they have anxiety, and that's kind of just how they are living their daily lives, but really shedding light that kids are experiencing a lot of anxiety. And the second takeaway is that anxiety can serve a purpose, but if it's taking over our daily lives and taking away from the joy of our daily life, that's really something as a warning sign to look for. And number three, she was saying she, on her appointments, really looks for nutritional deficiencies because if someone is low in iron, that can definitely lead to anxiety, which I thought was really interesting because it could be something that we could just add more supplements in for help with our anxiety issues. Magnesium glycinate is really helpful for stress response and we've linked some good supplements in the show notes. And then the fourth one is balancing your blood sugar. So a lot of us will wake up and have sugary toast or coffee, and then we're chasing that sugar spike roller coaster all day long. So the best way for us as parents and for our kids is to start our days with protein and really try and watch that blood sugar levels all day long, especially balancing it with protein. And the last one, which I think is so important, is really We are the captain of our ship, so we are modeling for our children. So if we're having a hard time, we should name our emotion and help them name theirs and that it's safe to feel those emotions, especially when we're not always happy and everything is good. I know I struggle with this, but when our child is having a hard time, help them name the emotion. Wow. It looks like you're frustrated. And then we can also name ours, I'm really frustrated right now. So I need to take a moment and having the conversation. If some, we as parents haven't handled something correctly and say, I was really frustrated. I shouldn't have said that or whatever. And holding the space, this is, I really find which is most most important and I really need to work on is really holding the space for us and anyone in our family, even our friends, if they're not in a, in a, in a good space or they're frustrated or they're sad, all those feels are just fine. And I feel like if we're holding space and acknowledging the feeling, we all need to be seen and heard and everything can, can resolve from there. So I really hope this helps. I know it's really helping me. Anxiety affects a lot of us, especially myself. And I think it's so important to talk about. Thank you again for joining us today. We know how many other things you could be doing, and it means the world to us that you're here.
0: We hope you always get something valuable from our podcast and that you feel supported. If you have a question for us about our content or anything else, please leave it in your review of this podcast, or you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram.
1: We're here for you. So let us know what topics would be helpful and that you're interested in. You can join our membership by clicking on the link in the show notes. You are never alone in parenting, and we're here to support you at every stage. If you know anyone that would be inspired or supported by this podcast, please share it with them. We provide content every week, so please subscribe wherever you're listening from. If you leave a review, you'll have the opportunity to win a gift that we absolutely love. We're so excited about this giveaway.
0: We only introduce brands to our community that align with our values, and Barbara and I both love the Now Tone Therapy System. This yoga for your mind is one of the most simple ways to relax, relieve stress and anxiety. The creators recommend listening twice a day for only three minutes to receive these benefits or to listen as often as you like. And if you buy them, there's a risk-free three-month trial period. What we like best about Now Tone Therapy System is that it's something everyone can make time for. My family likes to listen first thing in the morning and at the end of each day. It's the easiest and most relaxing path to mindfulness daily. We'll link to this amazing product in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.